Live from the I-10 corridor, it's the Dave Nemo Show. Well, as promised, our good friend Tim Ackoff, President COO at Creek Carrier Corporation, is going to be joining us here in just a moment. And we're going to uh, have a, well, you know, it's always a great conversation with Tim, and today will be no different. And we're going to um, talk about what trucking companies are doing or maybe in some cases what they're not doing to adapt to changing driver needs. And uh, we'll talk about um, some of the things that are changing and maybe some of the things that are always going to be the same. And also, uh, Tim is in prime uh, uh, eclipse-watching territory. And, you know, as we were talking yesterday morning, traffic along the path of that um Eclipse beginning pretty much this weekend, uh, Friday afternoon when the kids get out of school and dad gets off of work, you know, generally speaking, folks are going to start flocking towards um, Nebraska, Tennessee, Idaho, um, Oregon along the path, and they expect um, huge, huge traffic uh, jams uh, throughout the weekend. A lot of companies are, a lot of states are um, putting a travel stop on uh, oversized loads and things like that. Some companies are rerouting. We'll kind of get the um, perspective on that, too, if we can, from Tim. But uh, we're going to get into our conversation here with Tim Ashoff from Creek Carrier in just a moment. Always enjoy talking to uh, Tim Ashoff. He's always got great insights into uh, the WWT, the wonderful world of trucking. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Dave. It's great to be on the show again. Hey, it's great to have you back. And, uh, boy, we have something uh, that is a once-in-a-lifetime thing to kind of open up with here. It wasn't really on the uh, on the schedule to talk about, but we can't ignore uh, e- Eclip Apocalypse, or Eclipolypse, I think they're calling it, in terms of some of the traffic. Like 20 million people are going to hit the roads north and south, kind of converging on that, uh, on that narrow 70-mile band. Of, um, of what they call totality, you guys are smack dab in the middle of things. We are, and it's it's really exciting. I mean, as you said, this is actually you know kind of more than a once in a lifetime event, as as it's hundred year hundreds of years between it happening. And and what I would say is, uh, you know, we're so excited to be right in in the heart of this. Uh, there is a lot of opportunity here for people to come to Nebraska, and and certainly along that whole path uh, for viewing and activities and educational um, events, you know, regarding uh, the eclipse and otherwise. Uh, so it, it is exciting, and I will have to say, you know. Our, our drivers are obviously um, somewhat excited about it too, but somewhat cautious, concerned about that uh, extra traffic. And you know, I think a key thing for a driver out there is we do want our drivers to be able to you know participate in this experience, but safety first and foremost. So just like anything else, we're asking them to plan ahead. We're helping them you know know where that path is and know the timing of it. So you know if they they are on that path and they want to view it, they need to plan ahead too because they're certainly going to need to find a, a safe place to park, which may not be easy when you have an extra, you know, 20 million people converging on that uh, 70 mile strip across our country. One of the things, in fact, uh, the state of Nebraska has put a lot of emphasis on uh, drivers, not not truck drivers, but uh, folks do not pull over on the side of I-80 to watch the eclipse. And Tim, you know, people are going to do that. They're, they won't be able to help themselves. Absolutely, and that's one of the things we're trying to you know push out to our drivers as well is you know be aware that is going to happen, um, and you know you if you're out there on the interstate during that time period, 
there is going to be that that challenge of, of potentially you know, vehicles on the shoulders, perhaps both shoulders, um, inside and outside shoulders, and you know you you driving through that, plus you wanting to know kind of what's going on at the same time, uh, and so we're really encouraging you know drivers to understand when the total eclipse is going to happen throughout the different parts of that path along the country, and just really plan ahead to you know, you know be in a good viewing area themselves so that they can um, you know know how to handle this safely. Um, it is a once in a lifetime event, and we don't want it to turn into a you know something negative for anybody indeed indeed and the traffic uh, as i say most of the uh, analysts are saying that it's going to really start uh, this this friday afternoon and then last until at least midday on tuesday um, and again most of the oversize overweight loads are going to be uh, stopped um, through the weekend um, in in the path states oregon on over to mm -hmm. south carolina yeah. Well, one of the things I'll have to say, yeah. I'll have to hand it out to our uh, uh, to our state, and I know a lot of many other states along the path that they really have done. I believe a good job in preparing for this, uh, not only with communication out to uh, the masses, so to speak, but with you know preparing for uh, designated parking areas, designated viewing areas. We're opening up sports stadiums and and other things along the path to help those 20 million you know really enjoy this in a in a safe manner. And and I do have to uh, say, I think. Uh, this is an event that has been prepared for well, at least in our state. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, it, it almost seems as if, you know, the, the same kind of things you hear about blizzards. Some states are telling folks, be sure you have plenty of gas and have food and water in your car <laughs> because of the traffic jam. So uh, it's going to be a big deal. Now I say that, and uh, what we're kind of fearing then is we do all this preparation, and uh, on the day it happens, we have you know that, that cloudy, rainy day, oh, and uh, we no, hardly know right. what's going on. But uh, yeah, you never yeah, know. You yeah. can't control Mother Nature. You cannot. You cannot indeed. Um, July, dog days of summer. We've kind of gone through that. Um, there is a lull in freight. Uh, it's always the way. It's the it's the cyclical thing that happens in in trucking, uh, because the back to school freight is uh, pretty much over by now, and the holiday freight hasn't geared up. Um, Tim, uh, kind of getting to the subject at hand this morning, how trucking companies uh, adapt to changing driver needs. Um, kind of what, what, give us your view on the freight market. Uh, the supply and demand, how is the supply chain, uh, you know, where are we in this dip, how, how low is the dip, and are we going to pull out uh, quickie, quickly or uh, gradually this year? You know, I think this year, um, not only for us, but I think for many companies, the dip was very shallow. Um, we have seen um, a slowdown in the amount of freight be offered, but uh, there's still more freight out there than we could actually handle. And and so I think we're kind of seeing a little bit of a double bottom right now. We're seeing a bottom in the short-term cycle, which typically happens, as we talked about, in that late July, early August time frame. But I think more from a, a macro freight environment, um, we're seeing, you know, the bottom of, of what has been kind of a, a tougher market, you know, the last 24 months or so. Um, I, I think the challenge that, that we have in looking at this and, and you know, and somewhat getting some mixed signals from some of our customers is that because demand is picking up so greatly or because uh, supply has, has left the market. And, you know, as we look at both of those things, you know, we look at, uh, if you just look at the, the publicly traded companies, you know, in the last three or four years, we're seeing, 
you know, a combination of, you know, probably more than a thousand trucks less uh, amongst those public companies than just three or four years ago. So if you think about that, that's, you know, three, if you get a thousand trucks and they're hauling three or four loads a week, you know, that's three or four thousand less uh, loads of, of supply needed for that. Um, so, so we kind of look at the supply side and say, well, that, that's probably down uh, a fair amount overall. And then we look at the demand side and, you know, we think it's uh, it's solid. It's, it's certainly not robust, but for most of our customers, they're pretty optimistic about where they're at, that they've hit their bottom too, and that uh, they're on that upward trajectory. So, uh, I think a you know po- real positive thing for for truckers and certainly all your drivers out there um, that I, I think we've kind of hit the double bottom right at the same time here. Yeah, in, indeed, indeed. This is um, since the um, the Great Recession, things haven't uh, bounced back in the same way that they have traditionally, mm-hmm. and and trucking and transportation in general haven't responded in the same way that they have traditionally. And in this particular case, that might have been a good thing uh, in terms of how trucking basically has eased itself back in as opposed to running down. You know, back back when we've had recessions and they're so often that sometimes you don't even realize you're in one until it's over. Um, The traditional thing for trucking to do back in the older days was to run out and buy every truck they could find you know, all of a sudden and get back to work real quick. That didn't happen this time, and it might have turned out to be the more prudent way to handle it. Am I, am, you know, tell me I'm wrong if, if I'm wrong, but is that kind of the way it, it lays no, I, out? I, I, I think you're uh, spot on there. I think we did uh, maybe in 2014 when we had a kind of a big jump there with some of us uh, went out and, and, you know, increased our truck count and hired a few more drivers, but we didn't go crazy. And then as things, again, I, I think that was maybe a little, a false little uh, a jump up there for a while due to different market conditions, but we didn't go crazy. So as things kind of softened again, uh, most of us um, were, you know, in decent shape as far as, you know, not having overextended. Uh, in the truck purchases, I think part of that is, is itself is the is the challenges that face our industry now. That in, in maybe some past recessions they didn't, you know, the cost of that new equipment is so much greater than it used to be, um, and you know the challenges in, in hiring and retaining good drivers is also very difficult. So I think uh, the investment it would take to do that uh, was much greater. So I think a lot of us were a lot more cautious as we were coming out of the recession. One of the things that I know um, you want to um, get to here this morning is the Amazon effect. And I would imagine that in uh, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 years from now, people will go to uh, their online libraries and uh, find books that uh, have titles such as How Amazon Changed the World. And it really is changing the trucking world to a great degree. Very quickly, Amazon is going out, as you well know, Tim. They're going to they're they're opening up job fairs. They're hiring five thousand people in a, in a day's time. They want to be your neighborhood DC in every neighborhood in the country. Um, it is absolutely amazing. So maybe you you could maybe analyze the Amazon effect a little bit and how is it impacting the freight environment today. But uh, can, is it even possible to extend that out to uh, kind of take a look at what it portends? 
Yeah, it's it's amazing the the impact Amazon has had on in the ways you've mentioned, you know, on our whole uh, almost our whole culture and how we view um, you know, the retail world and how we view how we get things now and and certainly is changing that world, you know, where the jobs now are going into uh, distribution centers as you said versus retail outlets and I th- what we've seen is that's really pressured the transportation supply chain, particularly trucking, um, to, to have two things now that's everyone focused, which seems to be speed and precision. Uh, you know, Amazon's offering something and, uh, you know, an accurate fill of their order in a very quick period of time. And so that is filtering down throughout the whole supply chain. And, and you know, what that means for, for us and for drivers out there is, um, you know, that precision means really less flexibility. Uh, so, you know, for us to be the most productive, sometimes we need flexibility. We need things that, that match our hours of service. We need things that allow us to get through Chicago traffic or other t- at a different time of day, those types of things. And, and we're seeing that become more and more precise. So us as a trucking company have to figure out how do we manage with that precision but still provide our drivers flexibility. And, and that's kind of that balancing act, I think, us and, and many of our others are going through. And, and in all honesty, we we really don't haul um, any significant amount for Amazon, but we're seeing that across our other customers, too. They're reacting to, um, you know, how can we be more precise and, and provide the consumer a, a fast and, and, and full order like Amazon is. And so, you know, other large retailers are doing the same thing. So we're, we're seeing pressure, uh, not just from Amazon, but uh, as we call it, the Amazon effect, uh, much out there from other um, retailers and suppliers that are saying, well, we need to be able to do this too to compete. Wow, you know, it's it's really ironic, and, and I'm not going down the regulation path here by any means, Tim. Uh, that's a uh, discussion for another day, but you use the word flexibility, and it's kind of ironic that when we say lack of flexibility, everyone just points right to Washington, D.C., with, mm-hmm. you know, without exception. And that is true enough in its own right. But now, as you just explained, the, 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 uh, the counter to government regulation is, well, let the marketplace decide. Let the marketplace find the, 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 the playing field or the level leveling of this, and, and you'll find your spot in the marketplace. What you're saying is, wait a minute. Now it's the marketplace, uh, the so-called Amazon effect that is crunching down on trucking, uh, maybe a little bit faster and even more, uh, I won't say violently, but a lot more emphatically than we could have imagined. You're right. And, uh, you know, certainly, again, I don't want to make this a regulatory discussion either, but, you know, some of the things that we have to do as a company, you know, that marketplace is pushing us as well, is that, you know, in order for us to to meet the demands of that precision, we need to know, hey, what's the exact driver that can meet that precise demand? And that requires us knowing their hours of service. So how do we get that in real time? We get that through e-logs. So, um, you know, there, there's marketplace driving things, um, you know, in those areas as well. And, and you know, in the end, we're looking to see how can we use that to, to our driver's advantage? How can we make sure they get the most productive load, get the most miles, uh, you know, in a day's time? And so we're, we're adapting the two to the market as much as to the regulatory world. You know, um, you mentioned ELDs, and, and I'm not going there either. Um, we've gone there, so you know, way too much maybe. But on the same token, 
every and, and I brought this up before on the show. One of the other um, one of the other pressuring factors, if it's not the government, it's the marketplace, and if it's not the marketplace itself, it's the actual consumer now that demands to know where their widget is at all times. People order something from a catalog online. Um, they want to be able to go immediately to their app and find out the moment that the order's been processed. And the next thing they they find out that it's ready to ship, then they find out that it is shipped, and they want to know exactly where it is at any given time, and, and, and that's sort of that, that's really an artificial necessity. That, that's no, that's not a we, we've. We've very rapidly taken a, a luxury or a curiosity and have now uh, elevated it to the status of a, 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 an, an essential part of the transaction. It's, it's almost a substitute for going down to the store and shopping through the shirt department and looking at this one and looking at that one, and maybe you're with your wife and she's got her idea. In fact, she's the one picking it out anyway, so you just tag along. And, you're, and you, you have a shopping experience, and then you purchase your item and you go home. Maybe you stop for a bite you know, on the way home. Um, if we need, as humans, an experience, you know, the, old, the, the marketplace of the ancient world was where ideas were exchanged and, you, you know, all of that. It, we, we've, we've basically gathered in marketplaces throughout the history of humanity. And I know I'm, I'm sounding a little weird here, but if you just pick up your, if you pick up your smartphone and just order a shirt online, you know the color, you know the size, ah, where's the experience? And I think part of the pseudo necessity of being able to track that shirt every mile of the way until it comes to your front door and then they tell you that they've delivered your shirt if you're not home or if you're in the backyard, um, I think it's part and parcel of that, that marketplace, uh, uh, you know, in, in the... Um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of here, but you know, but your your place in the market, you, you need to have some kind of presence there. Does that make any sense to you? And and, and boy, is that a good motivating factor for, you know, freight? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you're right on on that. I think it was, uh, you know, somewhat of a, a false demand that uh, Amazon and others said, well, there may not be current demand out there, but we'll create that demand and then we'll turn it into that experience. And you know, I think that is uh, actually resonating out past even that consumer experience. And I mean, today, even as as, as on you know, with driving, uh, with the technologies out there, with what we've seen in other industries, um, just like you mentioned, you, you get that experience now in buying your shirt uh, virtually versus in the store. Uh, think about what the impact that can have for drivers. You know, drivers, as we, we know and we like and are happy, are generally independent-minded, want to be out there, be the captain of their own ship. And then we're put there out there a little bit on their own ship in a little bit of an island, maybe not connected as well to, to us to have a good experience with Creek Carrier or Schaefer Trucking. Now we can take that technology and give them both. We can, you know, let them be the captain of their ship, be out there on their own, but give them, you know, the virtual experience of the company. And that's something we're really working hard, you know, to do, to, to communicate better, to, to provide them things through um, an application on their phone, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, 
doing some simple things such as making scaling easier, such as getting their load assignments on their phone versus having to be tied to their truck, uh, pushing out uh, you know video. Uh, I, I try to do a, a Facebook live event every month. You know, it's it's how do we create uh, and and really make it a good experience and add to what it means to be in the trucking industry. Getting back to drivers, one of the things that we've been talking about in the industry, it's always been controversial. There have been some adjustments to the verbiage about it, driver shortage. And then it was, well, there's no real driver shortage right now. We're talking 10 years out. And then 10 years later, it's, well, we're we're talking 10 years out. And that 10-year leapfrog thing kept going. And then we heard, well, um, there's no real driver shortage. It's churn, you know. Drivers are between companies. And uh, when the uh, PSP came about, um, that kind of slowed that down to some degree. Uh, simply because you had to go through some hoops, you know, you just couldn't go from uh, trucking company A to trucking company B kind of just on your own. There's a paper trail following you now, so that kind of ended a little bit of that. And then uh, the caveat, well, qualified driver shortage. You have a qualified driver shortage. Um, can anybody really I, – I, I don't know what a wall chart would look like on this, Tim, in terms of that. But now uh, we have a, a demand uptick once again. So the driver market is changing, but how do you see it changing? You know, I think uh, you're right on on that, and that you know we always think there's there is a driver shortage, and and to me again it is how do you adapt to the market? It's um, in in many things it's supply and demand, so you have to look at what is the demand out there now, and you know fundamentally I think driving and what drivers want is the same. They need good pay, they need good home time, they need to be treated with respect. But now it is more of what can we provide them for the experience of being a part of a, a good company, and and that's you know the communication that we do, how we use technology, then looking at more of, of what we can offer them. What are they wanting? Are they wanting, you know, hey, Tim, hold, Tim, hold that. Now back to the Dave Nemo show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. You know, we always uh, preach against multitasking while driving, but in a radio studio, you're supposed to multitask, and I get so interested when I'm talking to Tim Ashoff and what he's saying that I forget to multitask and look at that clock, and he was just about to get into the most important part of our discussion when the clock just uh, caught up with us. So, Tim, thanks for kind of hanging over with us here on the program. Sure, happy to stay on. So, um, driver shortage, we kind of walked through a little bit of that, you know, what it is, if it's real, if it's not, what it really means. Uh, But we do have an uptick in demand again. Uh, So, when it comes to the driver market, how do you see that changing and what are carriers doing or what should they be doing to accommodate the changing needs of drivers? And that was uh, really the crux of our discussion. So, that's why I'm thrilled you can stay with us to kind of finish out here. Yeah, you know what I what I think is it's you know we need to adapt uh, as carriers. I think as I look and talk to you know as many drivers as I can, fundamentally um, the, the market's still the same. You know, drivers want you know good pay, good home time, good benefits, want to be respected. But now it's almost what more uh, is to the experience, uh, kind of what we were talking about before. And so it's you know how do we provide them good communication tools? We you know we have applications for them on their phones to work. 
uh, how can we add to their to their life and their enjoyment of the job and their re- rewarding nature of the job, and how do we make them feel more like part of the team? Um, I think that is a little bit of a transition from you know the driver that wanted to be out there and have that independence. Uh, they're really looking for both, and so we're working on you know many ways to do that. As I was mentioning through the the applications we have, through trying to do um, you know weekly video messages out there to our drivers, Facebook Live. Uh, we're doing more and more ride-alongs. Uh, we did six of our, our operations folks did ride-alongs last week. But then also, can we? How can we make that everyday life for them more um, rewarding? And, and what are they looking for? And you know, we are, we're looking at things as such as you know auto shift transmissions. We have more and more drivers that are are wanting those. You know, we made the adjustment to our our cruise speed out there. You know, what are some of the frustrations out there? And we heard you know cruise speed as a frustration, so we bumped the speed up of that. And then they want more things that like home. You know. They want to, to take pets out them with uh, on trucks and, and other things, and and then finally, I think on that home time, some some quality home time. And so as we had some fleets out there that we were getting home drivers home more regularly, as I talked before, we too have had to become more precise. And they're saying not just home time, but can you give me home time on weekends? So we've developed a, a couple of fleets now that uh, are. You know, home every other weekend, and in, in a number in a large parts of the country. So, it's really staying in tune with what are the drivers, um, um, you know, benefits that they're looking for out there. How can we work together, you know, to continue to make this a, a good career uh, for those out on the road? And, and technology is playing a big part of that. But there are some of the basic fundamentals we, as a trucking company, still have to ensure don't get lost in that, um, uh, I'll say, in the, in the Amazon effect, as we talked about, that there are still basic fundamentals we have to do as a company to ensure you know we meet those core demands of the drivers. And I think that fundamentally is, it will stay the same. Um, a lot of these things are around the fringes, but without the, the good fundamentals, um, you know, we're not going to attract the quality drivers to the industry that we need. You know, it's interesting. Um, yeah, technology allows you to do a lot of things that you could not do before in terms of simply moving freight in a timely, efficient manner. But when it comes to the driver and the driver's life, the driver's home life, uh, the driver's satisfaction on the road and off for that matter, um, the technology can enable you to do stuff. But in so many cases, we allow the technology to become an end unto itself, and we forget, hey, it's only supposed to be a tool to help us do the real things for real people uh, in the real world, and uh, you guys really got that. Right. If we we can have the greatest technology out there and then put out the greatest show, I'll call it. But if fundamentally we can't deliver for our drivers, um, we're not going to be successful. So that's what we're really we continue to try to balance here. And and I think you know that that almost goes back to what you're talking in the retail industry. How do they continue to balance that too? Um, and so as technology changes and then and. and Drivers' demand changes, consumer demands changes. We have to change with that. But I think one of the things that I've I've really enjoyed at being a part of Creek Carrier and Schaefer Trucking for the 15 plus years, and is that uh, you know that we stay true to our core, and then we have our principles, and we're going to live by those principles. Uh, not that we don't adapt to the marketplace, but fundamentally, um, you know, we're we're a long haul uh, you know trucking company, and and we need you know the great long haul drivers. So to do that you got to provide them their fundamental needs. Tim, at the onset of the program, I wanted to ask a question, and, and I, I didn't uh, get to it, so I'll, I'll ask you now in closing. Do you have your eclipse glasses? 
<laughs> I do. In fact, uh, I, I, we bought them here at uh, at uh, Crete for uh, all the employees that are going to be in Lincoln and Nebraska and along the path at our Tennessee facility, our Cheyenne facility, and others along there to have them. But I insure, just to ensure that uh, I, I made my wife happy, too, I went out and bought her a pair of her glasses so she could enjoy that eclipse, too. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we'll get a debriefing next time we talk. Yeah, it'll be great. Tim, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, staying over with us, too. I know you're busy, and, and uh, time is uh, the big thing nowadays, so thanks for spending some extra time with us. Glad to do it. Thank you.